The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back. Hey, boy, what a weekend. Nice weekend, and we are getting closer to the holidays. And... uh Praise God, Christmas time. Hey, if you want, you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Last four digits spell C-A-R-M on your phone or whatever it is. And so it's uh, 877-207-CARM, C-A-R-M. That's short for the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry. Or CARM.org. All right, all that complicated information. 877-207-2276. Also, uh, we're trying something new here, and that is to... um, to, uh, uh, have you, if you want to have a question answered on air, you don't want to call in, you can email it to me at info at org, and I will check it out and go through. I've been doing that now for a few days and it's working out nicely. So, uh, you know, it does get a little bit slow during the Christmas time and that's okay. But if you want to ask a question but you don't want to, to uh, talk on the air, then uh, you can do that. You can just go to, um, uh, email just info at carm dot org. All right, really simple, really easy to do. All right, why don't we just jump on the phone? Let's get to Jamal from North Carolina. Jamal, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Mr. Slick, how you doing today, sir? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Hanging in there, man. What do you got, big guy? Good deal. Good deal. Um, just talking with uh, some friends of mine. Um, and we were talking about um, the nativity scene and all that. So I was just kind of wondering, why did God select Mary to be the birth mother of Jesus? I don't know. Okay. A lot of women could have uh, been in that place. Uh, Some might say because she was extra humble, extra this, or whatever. Who knows? The Bible doesn't tell us. We know that God chose her for that reason, and he has the sovereign right to be able to to do that, and he did. And he just chose her, and she's a very blessed woman. That's for sure. Very blessed woman. But other than that, I don't know why God chose her. I don't know. Um, Well, uh... You know, I, I'm glad to hear that I'm still stumping you. You know, that's my main goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you. You're asking, you're asking good questions, and I'm going, I don't know. See, you ought to just come up with these questions and then see what the record is where man goes, I don't know. You know, that'd be good. That's right. I think, you're I, I think the we're record. up to three. That's what I was going to say, because oh, well, you sound familiar. I think I was going to say three. I think it's three that you've stumped me on it each time with the questions. So, you know, I hope this doesn't get out too publicly because then people might think I don't know anything, you know. Three in a row. For well, it's just between me and you right here. You know, okay, no one else knows. That's yeah. good. As long as no one else knows, we're all good. That, that's okay. I can, <laughs> I can pretend to know stuff. Uh, that, that's fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, no well, uh, that, that, that was it. Um, I didn't want anything else. Um, if I don't talk to you later on, hope uh 
you and your loved ones, your wife are doing well. I hope you have a very blessed Merry Christmas, sir. And thanks for all you do in the ministry. Sure, man. You too, man. God bless. Have a great uh, Christmas. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay. God bless. Bye. All right. All right. There you go. Hey. See, I don't know everything. That's for sure. Why did God pick Mary? Don't know. Glad he did. Uh, you know, and if he'd have picked another woman, then they'd say, well, why did you pick that woman? Don't know. <laughs> don't know that one either. So that's, uh, that's how, just how it goes. Whew. All right. Okay. Hey, if you want to give me a call, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get on the line here with, uh, let's see. That would be Monique from Greensboro, North Carolina. Monique, welcome. You're on the air. Hello. I will ask the question very directly first. The question would be, have you heard, number one, of the spirit of Leviathan? And if so, is it actually anywhere in the scripture around the spirit of Leviathan? I know that it's talked about in Job like that Leviathan. But do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard of the spirit of Leviathan? That's another one I don't have an answer to. No, I'm going to look it up. Spirit of Leviathan. Oh, man. I'm looking it up right I've, now. I've definitely Leviathan experienced what, it, what it's been described as more often than too often. And it's been very troubling and very bizarre. Um, and I've prayed about that for many years, and I prayed actually before I called back to ask you about it. Um, no, it's starting to sound... Um, <sighs> we put this a lot of times what people will do in the, is they'll go to the Bible they'll take something in the Bible and they'll turn it into something it's not supposed to be Leviathan right. was just a, a creation and a created thing and uh, so oh, now well, we have this right? well we don't know I think it's probably a, a, a dinosaur I think that the dinosaurs okay. uh, were contemporary with people uh, there's evidence of that there's cave dwellings the drawings with uh, dinosaurs on them there's there's uh, all kinds of anecdotes throughout history of them. Um, there's finding uh, fresh DNA, uh, relatively fresh DNA, in bone marrow uh, of dinosaurs. You know, uh, you know, 100 million years old. Like this can't happen. So there's there's stuff. But um, so what it sounds like to me is someone making something into something that doesn't need to be there. That's just what it tells me. Uh, yes, that that's, you know. and I ask it if I may qualify because it is very uh, pointed for an experience I've had many times, and I can't reconcile it. Um, it what I've heard, which is very similar to what you just said, is a twisting of words. So really, what you right. did, but just like yeah. a spirit that no matter what you actually say, somehow the enemy. It's like the, makes it makes the person hear something completely else. I don't mean misunderstand. Right. I mean right. like you ask for a coke and they are yelling at you because you ask for too many right. cheeseburgers. Kind of blatant. Yeah. So well, you know, there's oxen. Yeah, there's oxen in the Bible. What if they do the spirit of the oxen? You know, they could do anything they want. They could make it up. They could. It. it I just. You know, I'm not frustrated with you at all. I'm just saying, I get so frustrated with people when they do stupid things like this. And they, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, I'm reading I'm sorry, one article here. Like what? I missed that. Stupid oh, things like, like, like what? this, I like Leviathan. That. Yeah, I'm reading an article. I just looked it up, right? The Leviathan represents the forces of chaos. It does? Where are you getting this? You know, it's. Yeah, uh, I've never heard that one. 
Yeah, we're, you know, let's see. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right now. Because the word probably occurs more than once. Leviathan, this is in Job well, let 41. Well, I don't mean to interrupt, but while you're doing that, because one that comes to mind, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Job where he says, there is that Leviathan that you have playing in the water or something. I could right. I could have been sure that's what I saw, but... Right, and I was just looking up the word, uh, and the Hebrew word, and it's number 3882, and it occurs six times in the uh, Bible, in uh, Job 3.8. So let's yeah, just do uh, this. Watch this. Let's just see what happens, okay? This is Job 3.8. Let those uh, let those cursed who curse a day who are prepared to rouse Leviathan, let the stars of the twilight be darkened, etc., and then 41.1, can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press uh, down yeah. his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope around his which, nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Which one was that? Job 41.1. Which one one. Was that? You just read? Job 41.1. That's the one I was thinking. One, okay. And then there's, then there's Psalm 74.14. Uh, let's see. Uh, 13 says you divided the sea by your strength you broke the heads of the sea monsters in the waters you crushed the heads of leviathan you gave him his food for the creatures of the wilderness okay and then uh let's see psalm one two more here psalm 104 26 there the ships move along and leviathan which you have formed to sport in it so leviathan looks like a a, a water-based creature could be maybe it's a whale but uh let's see and then uh isaiah 7 uh, 27 1 in the day the lord will punish leviathan the fleeing serpent with his fierce and great and mighty sword even leviathan the twisted serpent and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea so it's a i don't think it's a whale uh and i've written on it and, and stuff anyway so these are the the whole places now all of a sudden now we have the spirit of leviathan he's like what are they doing people would write a whole book about something like this right and uh that reminds me there was a there was a book written on like three or four words in the bible i'm trying to remember what it was uh and and, and man oh, it's almost there tip of my tongue anyway it was a it's one of the characters of the old testament and he said something to god and he challenged not challenged god but uh he, he tested god or something and this whole book is written on this this one little phrase mm. and i'm like come on you, know, you just can't do that and uh, people get sucked into this kind of stuff and it, it just frustrates me I just want to walk up to people and shake my finger at them and say stop it stop it you know don't do well, that well i was i was wondering uh, because i've experienced the description that i've heard associated with it so much and i know that i have but i've never seen it spelled out that way uh, attached to that other than what I said about the, the fish, the hook, or whatever it was. That's the it's only a, place I really remember seeing it's it. It's a creature. I wonder where it came from. It's a creature. It lives in the ocean. That's what it looks like from what it's saying here. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's why and I thought so, it was a whale, but I just yeah. don't know what that has to do with twisting words and that turning into a, a well-known concept and definitely one that I know I've experienced, but I, I can't mm -hmm. find it in the Scripture by name. Mm -hmm. so. Well, there's okay. that. And then there's the word behemoth. Well, why don't we have the spirit of behemoth, you know, or the spirit of whatever it is? They, people, they want to sensationalize things. I think they discovered something. It's ridiculous. Just go with what the Bible yeah. teaches. And 
um, now I'm reading this. Look at this. Uh, then they had the spirit of Jezebel, okay, and the spirit of whatever it is. And I remember someone uh, said that the spirit of apathy has got you. And, you know, to somebody else, I'm like, the spirit of apathy? Never How would the spirit that. of apathy even care to do anything? You know? And uh, the spirit of this, the spirit of that. I've heard of people saying, oh, you sleep with your mouth open. Demons get in there. you got to cough them out. It, it, it just gets into the place, place where this is the kind of thing that causes bondage upon people when they read stuff into the scriptures that just aren't there. Leviathan is simply a creature. That's what it is, according to scripture. Oh, that's, that's curious, yeah. Well, thank you. What did you do? Did you just put where... Uh does Leviathan come up in the scripture? What do you do to, to get them all in one line, like a list of scriptures I, what that I, mentioned? What I do is I have a Bible program called Logos. I just do a control a F, type in Leviathan, hit enter. It shows me, for example, uh, Psalm seventeen fourteen. I copy that, I put it into another window thing I've got, and it says Leviathan. I click on it once, it shows me the Hebrew word 3882. I then go down to my search area, another window I have, put it in, hit enter, shows it all to me. That fast. As okay, fast as I so told you, that's how, it, how long it takes. So, okay, okay. then I can find every instance of it. Mm hmm. I'll you every instant. And do you remember the last thing I'll say? What, when I first, when the call first started and you gave me the, something, what it said about chaos, what did you do to get that answer? Just so I know. Uh, like, oh, I looked up the, well, the Spirit of Life and on the internet to see what article came up and I found one right away. Okay. That's all. I was reading part of it. Okay. Okay, there's the okay, music. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay, Monique. Good question, though. Interesting. Man, people make something out of everything. Oh. Hey, we have four open lines. Give me a call, 877-207-2276. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's see. Tonight, I'll be on uh, a guest. I'll be guest speaking at a sh on a, some online thing. I'll put the information out if you want. I'll be defending the doctrine of total depravity with uh, Marlon Wilson. Anyway, that's it'll be, that'll be at uh, seven forty-five Eastern time tonight. So I'll be doing that. All right. Let's get on the phones here with Mike from Winston Salem. Mike, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Um, yeah, I have a question about the word um, uh, element. Okay. In Second uh, Peter, it says, uh, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And, and that's uh, Galatians, um, what is it, 310, and then again in 312, it's just kind of the same thing. And then when you go over to, now that guy, that's Second Peter, yeah, Second Peter 3, 10, and 3, 12. And then in Galatians, it says, mm -hmm. even so, you know, even, yeah, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. That, that, that's, that's saying something complete, that's using the word elements in a different way, kind of like, <laughs> The elements, uh, like what are the elements of a good football team? Or what are the elements of, uh, 
of the Catholic Church. Um, I'm glad I picked that one. But um, it says it in, in 4, and then again, it says it again in um, see, Galatians 4, 9. It says it, there's seven occurrences of it, and uh, it's used in different ways. So the word in Greek is stokea, and so, uh, stoikea, excuse me. And so uh, it occurs in Galatians, Colossians, Hebrews, and Second Peter. So uh, in Galatians 4.3, the elementary principles, the basic things of the world. So this is what the word is meaning. So when I click on a dictionary uh, usage, uh, we have, I have uh, dictionaries, you know, online dictionaries here on my program. And so I click on a link, boom, it's right there. I can go through all kinds of them. So, for example, the basic parts, rudiments, elements, or components of something among ancient Greek philosophers had designated the four basic and essential elements of the universe consisting of earth, water, fire, and air. In Second Peter 3.10 and 12, the word carries the meaning, this meaning. Figuratively, it refers to the elements, the basic principles of stuff. The Bible doesn't teach the four elements. It doesn't teach that. But it's talking about the basic building blocks and the principles that are there. And that's what's going on. And so this word can be used in a variety of ways. And so in Colossians 2.8, uh, don't be held captive by a vain philosophy, the tradition of man, according to the elementary principles of the world, the basic parts of what their philosophy is, the basic parts of the physical world, etc. That's all that's going on. Not a big deal. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but how do you know if it's talking about... So when it's talking about the elements being burned away with a fiery heat, what exactly are, is, is the Bible talking about? What elements is it talking about? Is it talking about... Yeah, I, I look at this, and I know I know what happened in, in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple, and is it talking about that, that the destruction of the... Because no. when the temple was destroyed, biblical Judaism disappeared. And then we went, you know, went into, what, rabbinical Judaism? Um... Uh, I mean, the old sacrificial system went away. Um, is that what it's talking it's not about? Talking about that. It's, no, it's no, actually... no, no. It's talking about the the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a day of judgment, and uh, it will come mm -hmm. like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. The heavens themselves will pass away. It's going to be great sound, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. This is exactly what happens in nuclear fission, fusion, whatever you want to call it, work, when the elements are, are uh, broken apart, there's uh, great noise in bombs and things like that, and uh, heat uh, is uh, is there. So mm -hmm. that's it. You know, it's just, that's how I've, I've always understood it. Um, and it says in verse 12, looking for the hastening and coming of a great day, of the great day of God, because uh, of which, okay, hold on because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, okay. in that context, it's talking about the physical world. Okay? And okay. the other one is to talk about the basic principles of the physical world, like the philosophy of men. They're elementary uh, principles. Yeah. So we have, it's called a cognate, and we have actor, actors, actress, actresses, those are cognates. It's the same root, same form of the uh, same word, but it has different uh, cognitions. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
cognitions, okay. cognates, forms. And that's all that's going on here, just in that use. It, in the Greek, you can understand, sometimes uh, the words, they're, when they're translated into English, we think it means exactly that and only that. That's not always the case. I've, I've taken Spanish, uh, Hebrew, and um, uh, Greek. My wife speaks French, and our da- one of our daughters speaks Japanese. And so uh, we don't want to ask different questions about what it is. You know, I'll get different answers. Well, it mostly means this, but it can be used this way and that way. And that's consistent with languages. So uh, that's all that's going on, okay? That's not a big deal, all right? Okay. I guess I got confused because I, I, I looked up the, the Greek, and the Greek said stakia, and it was the same, you know, for each one of those words, and that's what I was saying. But, you know, they're using the same word. Does it mean the same thing? And then, but you just explained it, so now I understand it. Yes. Now, you answered my question. You know, okay, so let me take, for example, the word world, which is cosmos, okay? Now it's number 2889. So this is an example. It occurs 185 times in the Bible, in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, the kingdom, uh, you know, I, I won't give it a references because just read it, the thing. You are the light of the world, okay? Uh, this, take away the sin of the world, for God shall love the world. The prophet came into the world. Well, I'm in the world. Uh, came to this world. A life in this world will keep it to eternal life, uh, uh, depart out of this world. And the, the word has a semantic domain, has a lot is a lot of different uh, meanings in different contexts. And uh, you have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things. What does the word world mean there? Or uh, concerning the things of which the world, how he, he uh, may please his wife. The, the sec- in that case, the, the uh, word world means the secular ideology in realms. Or how about uh, this uh, verse, uh, perhaps a great many kind of languages in the world. Now it's talked about all over the place. So just right there, you can see the same word has a semantic domain. It, it mm-hmm. Words mean what it means in context. So if if I take the meaning of one of the word in one place and transfer it to another, it's called illegitimate totality transfer. So it's kind of what you've got to be careful about, the word element. Element has a specific meaning in its specific context, in the context of the heavens being destroyed, the elements being destroyed with intense heat. That's different than the elementary principles of the world, which is talking about philosophical ideology. Okay? Okay. 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 I got it. I got it. Makes sense. Can I say one more thing? Sure. I want to encourage all my brothers and sisters in Christ to donate (laughs) to your cost, to to your website... Um, if I can do it, trust me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, I mean, I live on a fixed Good. income, and we're really tight here. Five but uh, hey, there's yeah, the music, I man. we got to go. Sorry, buddy, we got to go. So that, but anyway, so, okay. I mean, you're spreading the word. You're, you're, you're fighting the good fight. And I have learned That's so much true. from you, Matt. I really do appreciate it. Hey, and everybody God, listening praise has God. learned from you. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. Just want to tell you that we stay on the air by your support. Would you please consider supporting us with $5 a month? Not much to ask, and you know what? It really does help. And along with that, we're doing a matching funds drive. So whatever you support us with, whatever new thing you sign up with or increase or one time, whatever it is, it'll be matched uh, for the entire, uh, you know, whatever you do, it'll be matched. If you do $5 a month, 
for next year, then whatever you do will be matched. You know, it'll be matched. It'll count for next year. So, uh, hey, just want to let you know about that. And all you got to do is go to karm.org forward slash donate. And uh, everything you need will be right there. It's easy to do. And it's easy to, to stop as well. And we would appreciate it. All right, let's get to Tucker from Richmond, Virginia. Tucker, welcome. You're on the air. How are you, sir? A little melancholy. Can you hear me okay? Fair middling, a little overcast. You know, fair. Yeah. I understand. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, I, it's good to talk to you again. I just wanted to ask you a quick question, but actually I wanted to thank you first. I, um, I don't know if you remember, I talked to you about six months ago, and I was heading to <laughs> seminary oh, at Concordia, okay. St. Louis. Okay. And uh, you suggested a couple of things, you know, to help me get through that. I'm 59 years old, and mm-hmm. I just made it through my uh, first semester of Greek and systematics, and uh, uh, it was really hard. But uh, that suggestion with the software for the dictation for my papers, I really appreciate that. It helped, didn't it? Log off. I mean, um, Dragon Naturally Speaking, right? Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, and I heard you talking about uh, Logos a few minutes ago, and that's been a lifesaver. What a great application. Oh, it's it's incredible. But, um, and they have good ones that, that are, so I had a they good have free ones that are not quite as good, but very good also. And uh, But yeah, Logos is incredible. I'm glad you're using it. So praise God. Okay, so, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So um, I've got a question for you. I've been assigned to a church out there, and we've got a Catholic church nearby, and we've got a couple of people that come for Bible study. Um, they're getting pretty hungry, and um, and uh, they're participating. It's good to have them, you know, hearing the word. But they're using the, you know, they're using the Vulgate as opposed to our Greek. And I wanted to know if you had any comments, anything that yeah. uh, you could suggest, you know, as we're talking about yeah. that, is with regard to that translation. Yeah, it's the Latin Vulgate, so they want to go with the Latin, probably a translation out of the Vulgate. So since you have Greek under your belt, uh, you've had a, you got a semester now, or a year, or what? How much you got? Yes, sir, just a semester, but it's just Greek one, so I'm still a baby. That's okay, because you know enough to be able to parse, you can decline things, you can identify, you can do, you can do things, you can, you can see what's going on. What's really cool, incidentally, is about the third semester, at least with me anyway, it was like, hey, wait a minute, I'm starting to get this. It's starting to make sense. And you read something in the Greek and you right. understand what's being said. Oh, it's cool. And uh, it starts happening right away, but when it really kind of clicked was what the third semester for me. So uh, so they're going to use the Latin Vulgate. Well, the Latin Vulgate is a translation from the Greek to the Latin, from what I understand. And no translation is perfect. So what are you doing going Greek to Latin to English? So now you have an advantage. Now, do you have next Nestle Allen Greek? Uh, Nest, do you use the next Nestle Allen Greek New Testament? I do. do you use that. Okay. I do. Good. So it has a textual apparatus in there, probably. In fact, I've got my Nestle Allen in my hand right now. Listen to this. There it is, and I love it. And uh, it, because I have the one that has, I have several, but I have the one that has Greek on one page and, and English on the other. So what you can do is in preparation, particularly for the issue of justification, because there's a lot of things to deal with with Roman Catholics. And you can deal with Mary. You can deal with uh, authority. They're going to want to go to Matthew 16, 18. You need to study Matthew 16, 18. And uh, in Greek, you're going to need to look look up... um, uh, Oh, man. I can't believe I'm doing 
you know, I'm 66, and I hate to admit it, but my brain gets a little cloudy a little bit more frequently. <laughs> um, Petra. And uh, Petros. Yeah, it's... Uh, so Petros is what Peter is, and Petra is the rock that the, the uh, church is built on. And Petra, you need to do a linguistic study on it. And these are the things you need to have ready in your head. I've already done it on CARM. You can go take a look. But the thing is, uh, you need to look at those. And since you have Logos, you'll be able to do Petros and Petra, and you'll see that there are different numbers in the, uh, in the lexical uh, structure. And so that's be one thing you're going to have to do. Because what's going to happen is, when you're talking to the Catholics, they're going to be eventually wanting to talk about the authority of their church. They may want to do it as they're trying to convert you, or they may just say it because that's what they've been taught and they just don't know. Either way, you need to be prepared. So you need to study uh, Matthew 16, 18, and um, uh, John nineteen twenty three, I believe it is, with the, the uh, let me see if that's right, the sins you have forgiven, John 19, let's see, what is it? No, that's not it. John twenty twenty three, I think it is. It's been a while. And so, because you'll need to get into, yes, it's John twenty twenty three. And you already, now you should know what the perfect tense is, the imp, the perfect and the pluperfect and the present. You you know about those, right? Right? Yes, sir. Okay. So you'll need to go to John twenty twenty three and do research on that and analyze the Greek. Because in the Latin, or in the English Bible that they use, which is, comes out of their Latin, the verbs are um, not in the, represented properly in the in the tense. And this is very important because it's in the perfect tense, and sometimes it's in the aorist, but that's another thing. So you need to check that out, okay? Perfect passive indicative and things like this have been forgiven. I'm just saying you got to study. And you need to study also Romans chapter 4, and you're going to have to go to James chapter 2. Now, you get these down, you're going to be great, okay? You'll be prepared, and I'll give you some uh, advice also. So... Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 is a pericope that you really need to study because it's the issue of, of justification, dikiadzo. So you get to study what justification is from the context right then and there. And I teach what's called the vertical versus the horizontal. The vertical is justification before man and James is justification before... Uh, let me do this one more time in English correctly. I just said heresy. Romans 4 5 is justification before God. So the vertical between man and God. James right. chapter 2 is justification on the horizontal between uh, man and man. So James two fourteen through 26, you get to study the pericope I've written on that as well. So you study these things. You need to have these under your belt because if you're going to have Catholics that are in there, you need to know these things. Now, you can also go to karm.org forward slash cut, you know, for cut and paste, and go to the, it'll forward you to the a list of things. You can go to the Catholic a section and you have a lot of, of documented information. There's a lot of tricks that I have, not in a malicious sense, but tricks I use to get them to see things. Uh, you know, I'll ask them, I think it's uh, CCC 972, I think it is, that says uh, that there's no better way to conclude than by looking to Mary. And I'll ask them about these things. And say, what do you think about this kind of stuff? I'm going to just talk to them. But anyway, okay, having said all that really fast, let me slow down. So when they're in, you have to understand that they have been brainwashed and taught that the church is the authority, not the scriptures. The church pushes the Latin Vulgate. And you don't have to negate that. Just point to the Greek and practice in the Greek and show them the Greek and put your finger under the Greek and show this is what it says here. 
and this is what was originally written. And they say, well, the Latin says, well, yeah, the Latin does say things, and I can check on that, but here's what it says in the Greek. This is what the apostles wrote. And gradually you'll get them away from the Latin Vulgate into uh, you're teaching them out of the Greek, and this will be very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. And you do it patiently and do it kindly Excellent. with them. Yeah. And, you know, so if I were to go in there bang, uh, uh, you know, gangbusters, okay, you guys are studying the Latin Vulgate, you're all heretics, don't believe in the Pope, I'm going to tell you what the truth is, open your Bible. That's not going to do it. And so when I talk to Catholics, right. I'll ask them questions like, well, do you believe Jesus is God? Yes. Do you believe he forgives sins? Yes. Did Jesus say to come to him? Yes. Did he say to pray to him? Yes. Well, if you were to pray to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, would he? It's real simple. And you're going to find that, well, the church says, and I just go through the same thing. I just go, okay, I hear you. But look, at, let's go through this again. Jesus right. is God, right? And I just gently continue to work with them. Because you have to think about this. They're brainwashed. And so you have to unbrainwash them, deprogram them. And you do that by sticking with the scriptures. You gently, repeatedly point to the scripture. Always. And you have an advantage having studied Greek. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And um, have you heard of Rod Rosenblatt? By any chance? Are you there? No, sir. Not to my, uh, I don't think so. Uh, he was my professor in the uh, Lutheran college I went to in um, California. And you're going to one in Louisiana, I mean, uh, Missouri. So you I were in Irvine, right? I went to Irvine. That's right, where I got married, too, on campus there. Hey, there's the music. Got to go, buddy. Okay, call back, all right? I want to hear about Okay, you. thank you. All right, all sounds right, great. Okay. Hey, folks. We have five open lines. Give me a call, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. We have nobody waiting. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And if, if you want, you can email me, info at karm.org. I'm going to do some of the emails that I've already gotten in. And uh, also, because I did mention that we stand here by your support and $5 a month is what we ask. Well, hey, we just got one in. And I normally I don't mention it. I don't look. I don't, you know, pay attention. But uh, we have it set up so the email comes in at one place. I just happen to look there. Andy, thanks. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I have to trim my throat there. So $5 a month. And it's a matching funds drive for the end of the year. By the way, I'm going to be um, off the air from Friday all through the rest of the year back on the air on uh, January 3rd. So we'll be taking that time off. We'll be doing reruns during that time. So uh, hopefully you won't go through match slick withdrawals. I know that there are people in the chat room. <laughs> And when I'm gone for a while or whatever it is, I'll ask them, hey, did you go through withdrawals? And they'll go, yes, we did. You know, so uh, that's, don't know if that's good or bad. You know, that means they're either brainwashed by me or they have a really good judgment. I don't know. I, I don't know which one you can pick. At any rate, so there you go. All right. So uh, if you want to give me a call, 877 
All right, I'm going to get to some of the radio questions that were there. And so let's try this. I lived in Utah for 11 years. Here's what I always thought when discussing their beliefs. According to Mormonism, God the Father was once a man like us and progressed into being the God he is today. This means Mormonism is polytheistic. That's Christ, That's true. Christians are monotheists. That's, that's true. When they asked, did you pray and ask God if Mormonism is true? I always responded, when I prayed to ask that, is it possible I could be deceived? They always said no. And I responded, I believe I could be deceived. And in fact, you have been deceived and still are. That usually ends the discussion. Yes, that's true. Um, one of the things I'll do with the Mormons when they say, have you prayed about the uh, Book of Mormon? I'll say, why should I do that? Why? Because you tell me to? Am I supposed to pray about the truth of the Bible? Did, did you ask me to do that? Uh, if I were to pray about the book of the, uh, the Bible, would I get a feeling that it's true? Why is it they only say pray about the Book of Mormon? Do they want you to read it? Well, here's a psychological phenomenon that occurs. If you spend hours and hours reading something with repetition in it, and, uh, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, as the Book of Mormon so frequently says, and Joseph Smith was trying to sound like God, thus saith the Lord, etc. And you're subjecting yourself to this for hours and hours and hours and days and days as you read through the Book of Mormon. And then it said, now pray about it. Well, that's dangerous. If you were to read an, a, the, the Urantia book, the Quran, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, Science and Health of Key to the Scriptures, and you were to read these varying books written by varying individuals, and then you say, well, for, I've spent days, maybe even weeks reading it. Now I've got to pray about it to see if it's true. Do you think maybe you just might get an emotional reaction because you've spent so much time in it that the idea of uh, the things that is repeatedly said, you know, thus says God, thus says this. Now, you know, you'd be careful because now it's thus says God. Gonna pray. Oh, I got, it's true. You see, this is the idea of deception. This is what happens, and varying cult groups use this kind of stuff uh, to pray about things or to subject themselves to the repetition of whatever it is that uh, they're supposed to believe in. So the Bible never says to pray about truth. Now the Bible does say in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom is the proper use of knowledge. James is already a believer, and James is talking to the people about the truth, and it's found in the Word of God. Ask God for wisdom. He's going to point to his Word, and nothing that he's going to answer you is ever going to be in contradiction to the Word of God. And the Book of Mormon contradicts the Word of God. So if the Book of Mormon uh, contradicts the Word of God, and it does, and it does, okay, and you're praying to the so-called God of the Book of Mormon, then you're praying to a demonic force. And the Bible says that Satan prowls around like a deceiving uh, lion, deceiving, deceiver, as a prowling lion, and he can, appears an angel of light. He can be very deceptive. So here we go. Now the Mormons are praying about a book to see if it's true over and against the Bible. So what they're automatically doing is doubting the Word of God. They don't have to pray about it, do they? With the Book of Mormon, and well, the Mormon Church says, well, the Bible is not that true. So now what they're doing is essentially calling God a liar. They're saying well, the Bible's corrupted. And what they're saying is God was not capable of keeping his word pure. He wasn't able to, nor was he able to keep the true church on earth. No, he couldn't do all that. But we have a guy from upstate New York who reveals the truth. He said he saw God the Father, and the Bible says you can't. Well, it says we can't trust the Bible. And we can trust what Joseph Smith said. Therefore, he said he saw the Father. So therefore, he saw the Father.
and we have the restoration of the gospel. Oh, but the Bible says you can't see the Father. You can't, specifically. Oh, the Bible's corrupted. You see how it works? Who or what would doubt the word of God? Satan. In Genesis chapter 3, Satan says to Eve, Did God really say? The first thing he does is cause her to doubt the authority and sufficiency of God's word. That's what he does. And what do the Mormons do? What do they do? do? The Bible's correct insofar as it's correctly translated. Did God really say? Is this really true? And as soon as you doubt the word of God, you're open to deception. Period. Now pray about the Book of Mormon. Okay, hey, I got a feeling. Well, the feeling's from God. How do you know it's from God? Because he wouldn't deceive you. How do you know it's God? God's not going to deceive you, but demonic forces certainly will. How do you know you have the true God? How do you know you're not praying to demonic forces? How do you know? Because I'm praying to God. You're not praying to the God of Christianity, because the God of Mormonism is an exalted man from another planet. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is eternal, without beginning, without end. He never was a, a man on another planet who could have been a sinner. And yet you pray about the Book of Mormon. You're praying to the God of the Book of Mormon. Tell me if it's true. The demonic forces want that. Please pray to the being that helped author this book, because it's not the true God you're praying to. And we'll come in and help you and make you feel like it's true. That's the demonic realm. And that's what happens. So uh, here's what I'll ask the Mormons. You know, did you pray about the Bible? No. Well, why not? Isn't it from the Jews? Well, it's been corrupted. What evidence do you have it's corrupted? Where, where's your evidence? Where's the corruption? Show it to us. They can't because it's not there. I remember once I was in San Diego. And uh, when I lived, used to live there. And I heard that there was going to be a, uh, a Mormon meeting at somebody's house. And they were putting up flyers all over the area, trying to get people to come into this home to have a nice testimonial about the truth of, of Mormonism. I said, I'm going. So I went. I sat in the back. Not there to cause trouble, but I wanted to listen. And this guy in a suit, really nice haircut, spoke well, nice-looking guy, you know, very polite, spoke softly, spoke about how good the Bible was, spoke about how the Bible says what it says, and he tied it into the Book of Mormon. He tied it into Mormonism. He took verses out of context, and I know, I know, I know what he's quoting, you know. And, and I'm like, this guy is just doing violence to the Bible. He's, he's just taking things out of context to make it say what he wants. And he was. You know, I've been studying the Bible for years and years and years. I know what it is. And so this went on and how the great the Bible is. And he even got teary-eyed about the Bible. He did. I remember all this. And so the meeting broke up and I approached him. And I said, can I have a question? Very, you know, very... Uh, very nice. You know, he's, he smiled. Says, well, "Yes. What, what would you like to know?" Well, you quote the Bible you know, a lot. He goes, "Yes, yes, I know." Yeah. I says, "Well, in Isaiah forty-three ten and forty-four six, forty-four eight and forty-five five, it says there's only one God, not any other gods." As, as you know, as Mormonism teaches, there's all these gods, and he flipped. He didn't get yelling at me. But his expression changed. Everything changed. He says, the Bible can't be trusted. It's not true. 
and it floored me because he was without realizing it admitting he was a deceiver he would go to what the people trusted and use it to get them into Mormonism but he didn't believe it was true so he was saying I'm going to use what you think is true what I believe is false and I'm going to use it for my advantage yet I'm going to tell you how bad it is later on that's dishonest it's dishonest see when I talk to the Muslims out of the Quran I say I don't believe the Quran is true but I'm going to argue from what you say what the Quran says internally I'm going to show you problems in the Quran but I don't acknowledge it's true okay I believe it's corrupt I believe it's false and I tell them that and I talk about it but this guy was talking as though oh it's all true and then when someone like me called him on it he got aggressive and to me this was just um, a demonic manifestation because the deceiver will do that and if you're a Mormon you're down there in Utah I'm up here in Idaho um, and you believe that Mormonism is true and that Joseph Smith is a true prophet and the Book of Mormon is true well you can believe it doesn't mean it's true see I believe they're false and you could say well Matt you're just deceived how do you know because I can show you that Joseph Smith contradicted scripture when he said that he saw God the Father and the Bible says you can't and I, could, I have text uh, checked the textual reliability through all the manuscripts of First Timothy 6.16 where it says speaking of the Father that he dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen nor can see I've checked and you know what it's perfect and yet Mormons will say oh it's corrupted really is this corrupted how about that verse is that corrupted where's it corrupted show me the list of the corruptions they don't produce any list they just say it is then they pray about the Book of Mormon and what they're what God is doing is giving them judgment let me explain something here because if you go to Romans 1 verse uh, Romans 118 what it does in Romans 118 it says the wrath of God is being revealed from all from heaven against all ungodliness and it goes on and it says they exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for the image in the form of corruptible man that's Mormonism Romans 120 123 see the incorruptible God is the true and living God who has existed as God from all eternity but in Mormonism God is an exalted man from another planet and he was a sinner you know what are they gonna say that this man lived a perfect life on that planet perfectly of course not I've never had any Mormon say that Elohim was perfect before he became a god. They had to follow the laws and ordinances of that god on that planet. And uh, so he's a corruptible man who became a god. And professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible god for an image in the form of corruptible man. And he, Paul goes on, he says, and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over and the lust of their heart to impurity so their bodies will be dishonored among them for they exchange the truth of God for lying worshiped and serve the creature rather than the Creator who's blessed forever amen see that's the judgment of Mormon on Mormons now I'm not you know folks I don't hate Mormons and I wasn't beat up by a Mormon I'm not an ex-Mormon I'm just telling you this is what the scripture says and it's important that you understand it repent of Mormonism Ask Jesus to forgive you for all of your sins. Trust in Him. And in Him alone, 
read the scriptures, read the Bible as a child, read the New Testament and see who Jesus really is compared to Mormonism. There's the music. I'm out of time. Uh, yeah, out of time. So may the Lord bless you and by His grace, back on here tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.